What's up guys, it's Jackson here with That I-70 Show. Today we have a very special guest on, Tom Owen, who is the VP of Finance at Brundage Ski Resort in McCall, Idaho. We are very excited to have him on. I have to warn you all that the audio quality this week is a bit subpar, as they may not have Wi-Fi up there in Idaho. Who knows what's going on up there? We'll make sure to get that audio quality corrected next week. It's also been a big snow week across the entire Western United States, so I wanted to give you some snow totals and a forecast for this upcoming week. So some specific call-outs is that Steamboat got 12 inches in the last 24 hours. Looking at other resorts with powder right now, we have Aspen Snowmass with 7, Wolf Creek with 6, Winter Park, Beaver Creek, Keystone, pretty much everywhere along the I-70 corridor got between 5 and 6. So it's been a really snowy start to the week this week. Uh, Monday was December 12th. Looking forward the rest of this week, the snow is expected to continue with Vail, Steamboat, Aspen, Snowmass, Copper, Breck, all expected to get more snow on Wednesday and then again potentially on Friday. Vail is expected to get 8 inches, so we're going to see you out there. Pray for more snow, y'all. We're getting it good this December. Enjoy the pod. Is that five LaCroix on the table? Yes. <laughs> There's a total. Yeah. It's like, uh, it looks like I have a serious alcoholic problem. Take my recycling. Down. Yeah, are you doing okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, good things are good. Savannah has a new job in town, so that's going really well. Nice. What's what's she doing? She's a music teacher now. So oh, mute the music. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the new job. New job. Orchestra and choir. So, attending a lot of conferences this year. I mean, uh, concerts this year. But that's all good. And then I'm doing and so far, the ski season has been pretty bomb. Things are going well. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. We uh, we both now have two jobs, uh, including our uh, new ski school job. So Satchel, Satchel's been barely hanging in there. I've been running him into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You guys are going. Uh, Satchel, are you in Boulder still or Denver? He said, Satchel's like, I can't hear shit. They can't hear shit. Yeah, I, I think you're the important one. Satchel's always on this pod. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't really have an agenda. Satchel likes to just kind of riff. I like to have like a, you know, a set agenda. You mean mounting, mounting news in the mountains? Exactly, the M&M segment. I'm glad you, I'm glad you caught on to that. That's our, that's our icon segment for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, of course. I normally start off with a mountain of the week segment. And it's only fitting to do Brundage. So I don't know if you want to kick it off and tell us how the conditions are at Brundage. And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to start, the conditions at Brundage are pretty awesome. I, I don't have the snow report directly in front of me. But this past week, we got an say, you know, 15 to 20 inches in the past few days. Um, so it's been just really good 
deep powder days at Brundage. Been really exciting. Overall, some background nice. at Brundage is it's an independently small owned ski resort in McCall, Idaho. It uh, has about 1,900 skiable acres, uh, five lifts, six. And seasons for Brundage. I mean, we, we've had a very good base. Uh, we're 100% open as of this weekend, which is the first ski resort in Idaho. So things have been just firing. That's sick. Yeah, no, it's been absolutely killer. That's awesome. Yeah, did you guys get hit by that, the storm that's kind of coming through Western US right now? Yeah. I mean, like, is it snowing right now? Uh, not right now. It kind of died off. Right. But it, we're, we didn't get as deep as I saw. Because, I mean, if people are falling, the ski industry, you saw in Tahoe, it's just absolutely nuking today and yesterday. Like three feet of snow. Yeah. We did we didn't get, we were part of that cycle, but being further north, we didn't get all of it. However, I still think, uh, still a pretty good um, powder bluebird skiing day. So it was, it was an epic weekend. Nice. And are you getting out every day right now? Uh, pretty much. I try to get out every day, but I, I would say, you know, I'm probably four, four days out of the day. Uh, my legs just aren't quite there yet. <laughs> I've been trying, but mm -hmm. that, that's uh, the biggest factor is my life, but not uh, the timing. But It's still early season, too. Yeah, you'll get there. We'll, we'll all get there. Um, how many how many days did you get last season? Like, are, are you getting 100 plus? Uh, not 100. I, I think, you know, going back from when I was living in Denver, working there, I had a total of nine days. And then when I, you know, lived in Switzerland, I had a total of 11 days. I thought I was killing it. But last season, I had at least five days. That was pretty good. I'm shooting shooting for 100. This year, so. No, that's really good. I'm impressed. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I, I also wrote down your questions from that you texted us in our, in our little group chat here. And I wanted you to answer your own questions. <laughs> So what 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 is what is the best opera ski drink, Tom? I think I have to answer this in in two two different types of drinks. For me, they're they're it's a really important part of skiing to me. To be honest, I think the most vital part of skiing, at least for my personal system. And I would say for the first section, it's going to be a cocktail. I would say uh, an aperol spritz is hands down uh, the best kind of ski cocktail you know it, it is a little feminine and it is a little colorful but there is nothing more refreshing than an aperol spritz after a long ski day and then for me the second portion is it's very you know, european of you i know it's it's pretentious <laughs> and european but uh i'd say the second part is you know kind of shitty light beer or shitty beer you have to drink while skiing and i think mine has to be um a cold snack so i think that is my answer there is a cold mm. snack and that those are those are the two best those are those are good choices the definitely the cold snack i relate to i was trying to think of like what type of um cocktail i like to drink and i think something warm after the ski day is always nice like maybe a hot toddy would be kind of good hot toddy is uh, pretty fire but i don't actually drink 
Yeah, I don't actually drink those, but like theoretically, if I could get one, that'd be kind of cool. That's probably what I would drink. Hey, I'm back, by the way. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Can I throw a drink out there? Yeah. I'm going to take a page out of Jade's book, Red Bull Vodka. (laughs) You're, You're all tuckered out. You're trying to find a second win. I think Red Bull Vodka, there's no better drink. I'm I'm with you after the long ski day, and then you can kind of roll right from the ski day into the, uh, to the bar scene afterwards. If you have a Red Bull vodka, that's a good that's a good choice. That's Central. how you keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> also, Tom, we didn't really um, since we were having audio issues, we didn't really like give you an introduction, but I feel like it that is probably in order. So just for all of our uh, for our six, I think we're probably up to like sixteen listeners. So for our sixteen listeners, um, this is. Tom Owen, Savannah Slam Piece, and he is what's your what's your job, Tom? I don't even know what your job is. I know you work in finance at Brundage Ski Resort. Yeah, I mean it's funny. I was gonna describe myself as Savannah Slam Piece to this group. Savannah's older Slam Piece. No, formal title is is director of finance. Nice. Okay. So the, the one of the big wigs. We're, we're this is serious stuff here for the pod. This is way more serious than anyone else we've had on the pod. So we're we're really uh, honored to have you on the pod. And I think Satchel and I have some questions about, or you actually had some really good questions for yourself too, like how a smaller independent ski resort can be sustainable with the rise of these conglomerate passes like Epic and Altera Resorts epic and icon passes so why don't we start with that what's your what's your answer for yeah, that absolutely uh i mean just to say i'm a big fan of the pod you guys like i said in the text message first time caller long time later. yo can you hear a word that tom is saying i'm getting like every other word here i get every other word too but i'm just rolling with it <laughs> okay no i i'm i'm like deducting what he's saying you deduce so do i need to yell deducing. <laughs> Um, is it even, I it's almost like an internet thing. Maybe. I don't know. No, we got you. And the other thing is, is like, even if it, if you're cutting out for us, the odds that the recording is going to be good is still high. Okay. So, so as long Let's as we know when he's done talking, we can just keep, we can just keep going. Cool. All right. I'll just keep going for it then. Uh, so anyways, uh, to answer your question on, if I think smaller compete with larger conglomerate resorts, is uh, I say absolutely, and I hope so because uh, my whole livelihood depends on the success of smaller independent. But I think it's something to to think about when you guys uh, you know, I love the beef, and I love that you guys are investing in ski podcast. But for me, uh, I wanted to highlight some of these really small mom and pop or independently owned ski resorts. And, uh, they have a unique uh. I guess vibe is the word this isn't the best choice, but they have, they offer something unique and different compared to these conglomerate resorts. Uh, and I think that starts speaking to people. And and with the rise of epic lift lines, all these photos, you know, powder days being chewed up or, or huge lines. I think mm-hmm. these smaller resorts have a really unique opportunity to say, "Hey, we don't have we don't have the largest, you know." terrain or or the steepest stuff to ski but we get something and i think it's speaking to skiers so i think we see that a lot yeah uh, there's a competing resort close by and i think it's more of a 
scale slash larger kind of uh, environment. It's <laughs> in the old parking lot resort. So, yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's how I would think about it too. Like, I I went out and skied Brundage last season, and I thought the terrain was amazing. Like you said, there's no lines. It is a a nice like family vibe. People know each other, and the snow was soft. It was beautiful from the top of the mountain. There's so much to love about um, Brundage and about small resorts. So I'm I'm with you there. It's almost like these small resorts are differentiating more now that they're not on these these large passes. And so uh, you know I'm I'm all for it. Um, I think there's also a lot of um, and Satchel and I are experiencing this working for Vale. There's there's definitely some negative sentiment even from uh, like Vale employees towards towards. Vail Resorts just being such a large company, I think sometimes the processes get lost and and people feel forgotten about or underpaid or or they don't have housing and I and you know that's probably not the case at, at some of these smaller resorts. Do you, do you agree with that? Absolutely. I I think the struggles people are seeing at large can be felt at all kind of wide issues that they're occurring. You know, housing is one. Wages is another one. Seen uh, these tidal shifts, and I would say definitely at a small independent resort, you're you're forced to face them a lot more head on, just because it's a much more closer group of employees and a community. So I think at Brundage, you know, we struggle with housing, but we're so small that if we don't actually employ people, you know, my part time job is just that needed we really need to be um, ensuring that we can have housing because we're investing in, uh, we just bought a school house, actually, an old school uh, that was elementary school historically in town, and we bought it and renovated it into, you know, 18 beds for, for employee housing. You know, it's something that's all ski resorts are doing, but I think it's just different in the community. It's really nice housing. I mean, it's nice for the place to stay. Uh, and I, I really do agree with you there, Jackson. Yeah, it, it's a much more tight knit community at smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's super cool that that you guys converted a an old an old school into housing. That's that that's I'd love to see that building. But I was going to ask, do you guys have a ski school there? Like, was that part of your operations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 have uh, we call it a sports school. Very cool. Okay, yeah. I, I, I just wondered, just being kind of small, like if that was part of the part of your guys's resort. Is that does that make up? And maybe you can't talk about this, but does that make up a significant portion of the of the business? Like, is there a lot of um? Is there a high percentage of people taking lessons? Is there out of, out of staters taking lessons? I guess my next question would be like. What does the demographic of your guys' guests look like? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I can speak to some of that in terms of, you know, overall revenues. All the money is in tickets and passes. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's pretty universal. Ski resorts is the season passes, deeply discounted product, and then your, your daily skewed to be called dynamic price and go up and down demand. So, uh, I mean, ski school is a very large portion uh, of the overall revenue, however, tickets and passes uh in in terms of what's the second part of your question 
uh, like the demographic of people who come to Brundage? Like, is it mm. out of staters or mostly people from Idaho, people from Boise? Yeah, I would definitely say we, we pull a lot from in Idaho, just due to our size. I think our reach is going towards Washington, Montana, Oregon a little bit. Uh, but overall, Idaho, in, in terms of, I mean, you'd be surprised how much all stuff is tracked and uh, how much data there is. Each, yeah. you know, the National Ski Area is independent once for each state. So we know in Idaho how many people are on the mm-hmm. uh, So we, we see a lot of people from each state, but there's a larger portion coming. And I think it's directly tied to those, the lines and, and just the overall influx fail. Yeah. Our demographic is definitely in-state, uh, definitely a little older generation. Um, that's another uh, industry-wide thing we'd like to see change is getting more uh, kids and you know, uh, turned into lifelong. Yeah, and that kind of speaks to the, the high cost of skiing, which we've touched on on this pod before as well. Just curious, what does uh, a day ticket cost at Brundage uh, these days? These days, a day ticket on the holiday route, I have to I want to say $88. That is the highest you would pay. Any Way other time, cheaper. you know, midweek, midweek outside of holidays, it can be, you know, $66. So I, I still think it, it, it is an affordable option to talk about high cost too. I mean, you go to Vail over Christmas week. What do you think you're paying? Uh, two two eighty probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 something really steep. So, so I, I think, yeah, I think these small resorts. That's why I I think inherently they become more family oriented. Mm-hmm. Totally. Satchel, do you have any questions? I don't mean to be asking all the questions here. Um, I do. I, I do have a question for Tom, and it's one of the other ones he wrote in. How do you steeze it up in the lift line? How do you make sure that people know that the steeze is all yours? <laughs> <laughs> Satchel, I'm glad you asked me this one. You know, I, I think it's an inherent part of the sport that you want to look good and ski good. You know, that, that's uh, the, the little ego boost you need. When you really need to steeze it up on the lift line, I'm thinking you have to you have to hit everything. If there's something you can hit, you have to do it. And then you, you just have to, you know, show that animation. Get some, some scream, um, some yip, you know, show that you're really getting after it. And then when you get that lift club, you know, that little holler back, I think that fills the void of being lift. Just kind of making your presence known while you're while you're skiing under the lift line. I think that's beautiful. In my I mind, mean, when what, I read that what's question, your, what's your go-to steam? Well, here's what I was. I thought you meant like when you're standing in the lift line. How do you make sure that people know that you have skis? <laughs> so, <laughs> my, I think my answer to that is: I think you just walk over people's skis. You cut them off. <laughs> And you walk straight over their skis, and that's how they know that you're top dog. <laughs> yeah, Tom, you made me think of uh, you made me think of something else with that question, which is, I was looking at the like levels for what it means to be like you know like a level three skier versus a level five skier. There's there's 
nine levels of different skiers when you're a ski instructor. Satchel and I have been doing all this, you know, all, all the training to understand and be able mm-hmm. to rate other skiers. Um, if you're a level nine, which is, is pretty much the highest you can get in my, as to my understanding, one of the requirements is that you're actually an embat. It, it says on the sheet, it says you are an ambassador of the ski industry. So it's like people want to look like you, they want to act like you. So that's actually a really uh, pertinent question because like the national like association for ski instructors is putting that as their top, one of the top qualities for, for a ski instructor or for, for being a good skier. So that, that was a, that was a good question. Love to hear. I, I do hope that there was some sarcasm there. Not, not that bad. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Also, it's, it's kind of funny that that's, that's actually a requirement is that they care about like how you look or like what, what you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Level, level nine, level nine is, it's just in there. It says you have a Helly Hansen full blown <laughs> outfit. Then you're level nine. <laughs> <laughs> at Vail, that's like probably actually true. <laughs> <laughs> I have some more uh kind of more finance questions. I don't know if they're that fun. I don't know if we want to go into them, but we did have Alex who he Alex works in finance and he was my roommate in college and he's a also uh one of the hosts. He's a good skier and a good guy. He works in finance and he wrote down some questions here, so I wanted to just touch on them. And some of them I, you might not be mm-hmm. able to talk about, but you kind of already touched on this one. He said, is it true that resorts can really run operations on soda sales alone? So that's kind of back to what you were saying. Like you hear that these resorts can can run their entire – or they make all their money from the food like sold on the mm-hmm. mountain. Yeah, I don't know what – I don't know what drove this rumor. However, it's not true. Uh, yeah, I think you make a good, you make good margin in beverage. That's true. You have a, a low cost most of the time, and you are charging a, a premium price. It is, you know, people are gonna they're either brown bagging or you have a little bit of price setting you can push on. However, again, I think the largest portion of, of ski resorts, and, and I think Vail's even say it on the 10K, is the season passes and tickets are the yeah. largest portion of their revenues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. F&B is a great portion. Uh, and then another one is, you know, I think real estate is another one people think is a huge portion, but even, even for Vail, it's a very small amount, like, it's just you know it's a very low cost product. You invested all the capital into the resort to allow access to the resort. Once you sell mm-hmm. that ticket, your basically margin is you know the labor you're paying someone to sell that is pretty low. Yeah, and people probably say that just because of how expensive the food is on the resort. They're like, oh, they make all their money here, but that's not actually true. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, it's just it's part of the part of ski, ski resort. People have to complain about something. That's a huge one to complain about. I mean. We're replacing our triple chair that was installed in, I think, 1991. This chair is really cool. It, it's, I call it a two-beer two beer chair. Normal one. And when we posted, they were nice and nice packed. Gray. All the comments were, you guys sold out. You, you, you're, 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 
you're turning the veil, all this negative. <laughs> I think the food's an easy one, but I've learned a lot of people like to complain and attack. Totally. People don't like the change. They like the old way of the resort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another question he has here, is it tempting to sell out to one of the big boys? Like, do, do you, is that something that's even considered? I mean, I, it probably differs resort to resort, but like Vail is definitely known for like buying up these little resorts. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you guys like were approached at some point. And, and do you think that that's an exit strategy that a lot of these little resorts pursue? I think it, I want to say it's resort to resort, but I really hope the answer is yes. Not yeah. I, I do know at Brundage, we were just recently purchased in our new ownership group, all local McCall and Boise, uh, Idaho, all Idaho families. Our ownership group has no, no matter kind of the offer, they really mm-hmm. understand what we're trying to build here. And they want to make that lasting impact. But I don't think yeah i'm hoping other resorts are feeling that i I don't know you guys heard of the indie pass i've heard of the indie pass but i i I couldn't tell you what what passes or what mountains are on it yeah i I, it's just multiple i think they have access to 115 resorts or something wow Wow. it was created from the from the concept that the little guy can play with with the larger corporation large plumber. and I think mm-hmm. I think it's made an impact at some resort. Brundage is a top ten visited Indy Pass resort, so I know it's made a big impact for us. We really uh, are stoked about that. But I'm thinking, hoping you know it has impact to other resorts where they don't feel it really necessary to try to sell out to a larger yeah. uh, veil because of that. And like you said, like Brundage feels like a place where the resort is kind of so much a part of the town of McCall too. I, at least that's how I, I could be totally off. You might not disagree with, or you might disagree with me, but when I was there, it felt like, you know, the mountain is such a big part of everyone's life. So the probably, probably the owners understand that and they, they, they want to help build the community around the mountain. Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't disagree at all. I really do. That's a part of McCall and Brundage where they go together. Mm-hmm. Brundage and Brundage tries to do things to help. And that's why I like working. I, I feel like a big corporation. I kind of felt, I guess, dirty or nasty after work. <laughs> Just going after it. I wasn't really passionate about, but when I see decisions being made that indirectly make people in the community in a better position or happier, I really do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Nice, that's awesome. I think that's all the questions I had. Do you have any, um, Satchel? What else do you have? I, I would ask Tom what trips. He, I want to ask Tom what trips he has coming up too. We can talk about. Well, I think the rest of the ski season. We are going to talk pitchers and pitches, right? Yeah, pitches and pitches. Tom? It's a great segment. If you have any ideas, we'd love to hear them. Otherwise, Jackson and I want to do some merch. And 
we're, we've got some catchphrases that we want to put put on the merch, and we we want to bounce them off you. Absolutely, I I have been thinking of my pitch, and I I tried to fill some in. I told him, I love that Jackson's so you know business minded, always comes up with these really creative. I want to come up and I told her, and she goes, I'm pretty sure. Here's my pitch, but Savannah <laughs> thinks it's already made. <laughs> my my pitch would be, <laughs> yeah, she can suck it. Uh, my pitch would be kind of a grinder Tinder application, but not for dating or or uh, any other relations that is found on those apps. It'd be a uh, you know I'm going to ski resort. Buddy or a climbing partner for a day, or you know, I play someone to play tennis with. So I, I call you know some some kind of partner. You know, those applications have friends. Uh, yeah, you know, I like that. Keep forward. You know, I'm gonna ski with some days. You know, while your buddies are working or something, you need someone. To I like that. I I don't I don't know that that exists, Savannah. I I may I mean you could use Facebook, but something that's like specifically an app that's specifically designed for you know finding a ski partner or like you said a, a climbing partner or something like that. Like that could do really well. I like that a lot. So yeah, you just like fill um, out some interests and then it matches you with people that might be compatible, and it could be like all you know, like yeah, just girls and guys yeah the the algorithm that needs to get figured out is the you know get all the weirdos out no no weirdos. that's the facebook, put them in their own the pool. facebook filter you always seem to hit <laughs> i had this theory when i was on hinge that they put me on the in the b pool of hinge like because my friends would just ha- have like gorgeous girl after gorgeous girl and then i'd like show them my feed and they're like is this even the same app so i think hinge like filtered me out <laughs> They have a facial recognition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got the Ugo hinge. <laughs> exactly. The, the hey. thing about the algorithm is on the Facebook tracks, and it just you, you find. I was looking for someone to ski with. I mean, we, this was. I think you guys. Uh, we're even looking for you guys. I just posted like, "Hey, looking for you know, ride up. I don't have a car. Yada yada." And then this guy responds. And it was going to be like me, him, and his mom in like a minivan. I was like, this is just the wrong way to go to jail. I don't think I can get on board. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you bailed? Oh, absolutely. I did. I, did. I, I, I totally ghosted him. I was like, I'm sorry. No, I, just, I wasn't going to be mean, but there's no way I was going to agree with that. <laughs> Poor guy. He was like, Mom, I made a new friend. I, I did. <laughs> She's like, of course I'll drive you, honey. <laughs> I drove my Kia Soul to Vail. Okay, I almost killed myself. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Tom, can we bounce some merch catchphrases off of you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know what, how great a feedback I'll, I'll try. All right, we're, we got four of them, and just let us know what your favorite is. First one, and Jade coined this because we were skiing Winter Park, and She's a veil kid and hates moguls, but I'm I'm picturing a hoodie and it would just say "chode ass mogs." 
And then, uh, all right, here's Just to clarify, it was chode. Was it chode? Yeah. Or chode? Chode with a D. Ah, chode. Copy, copy. Chode ass mogs. <laughs> and it's just uh, referring to moguls in a derogatory manner. Okay, our next catchphrase, and this one Jackson heard this weekend, and Jackson, correct me if I botch it, but flaquita blandita. Did that sound no, right? That was, that was very good pronunciation. That's right. right. That means that means skinny girl, weak girl, which that was, I, I asked this Argentinian girl how to say lightweight. And so that's how you say it. Flaquita blandita. Lightweight in Spanish. Lightweight. <laughs> All right. Next one. Just, is that one, this is one, that one ski related any sense or just you like that? That's actually a really good <laughs> yeah, point. Just like that. We are excited about it, but it is not ski, re- <laughs> ski related at all. <laughs> Let's keep them rolling. Uh, ski school dropout. I think that's just catchy. Yeah. I like it. Tom, Tom hates it. I can tell. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. Uh, <laughs> this is the last one I have for you. And it's just bro tub question mark. And that just means you're asking your homie if, if he wants to go hit the hot tub with you, bro tub, bro tub. Yeah, we're thinking about launching tub. a. Uh, we're thinking about launching like a hot tub segment of this um, of this podcast. Yeah, from the hot tub episode. <laughs> you you would be right on the right on the money with that one. Like, I feel like you think of all the the stereotypical ski day items, and I, I think apparently part of it. No, I actually agree with that. We haven't leaned into that yet on this pod. We we need that's an untapped market satchel. Yeah, we're usually pretty drunk by the time we're in the bro tub, so I don't know that the quality of the podcast will be very good. The, the bro tub one, I can imagine the shirt, you know, have a cartoonish hot tub on it with like two guys in it, just with some cold snacks. And I, I like that logo a lot. So yeah, what I see in my mind a lot. Well, I think that was that was pretty good um, content. That we're at forty minutes. You guys want to call it? Do we have any uh, departing? Do you have any departing words words for us, Tom? No, just thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for coming on. I think what you guys are doing. We gotta we gotta figure out the audio for next. We'd love to have you back. We gotta figure out the audio for next time. It's um, like Satchel set up. We're getting like every third word but i can tell it's it's going to be gold when i edit it all together and this app's cool because it like even if we're not really connected on the call like we're at least getting the the audio clips so i think we're still in good shape in terms of having a good podcast um so thanks for thanks for coming on yeah the, yeah the podcast this yeah. this podcast um is is we're not you know we're not we're still trying to figure out what it's what it's supposed to be but i i think this episode could be the best one yet i agree <laughs> best um, guess yet no i i'll be real i'll be real with you guys i i really do love what you're doing and i think i like that you guys are passionate and just going yeah. for it yeah thanks again tom yeah of course and look at looking forward to the the ski trip this winter if we're linking up with Poland, you guys can make it Oh yes, yes. We, I'm, I'm not missing that.